This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Frère est décédé à 0h30 cette nuit. Pour la mémoire d'Idir, les coupables seront traduits en justice. Je vous demanderai de rester calme. Il est inadmissible d'imaginer que les policiers protègent leurs collègues et prétendent ne pas savoir qui a fait ça dans ce quartier d'Athéna où tout le monde se connaît. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And we've got an interesting lineup for you this week. We are starting off with a film on uh, Netflix, actually, that has been getting some buzz. And that is Athena, which was directed by Roman Gavras um, and stars Dali Ben Salah, Sami Slamain and uh, Anthony Bajon. So Arvin actually brought this to my attention specifically. I don't know whether you had heard about it before, Lynn, but I hadn't really heard much about this until Arvin mentioned that we should perhaps talk about it. And then I looked up all the buzz that it's been getting at the various film festivals. So by the time I started watching it, um, I really didn't know what to expect. And I'm really glad I went in that way. I wouldn't say this is a uniformly perfect film, but I'm really, really glad I watched it um, for many reasons. I mean, the story is obviously an important one that it's telling, but it's also such a great, difficult, but great looking film. So I, I have a question um, about the movie, right? I mean, we were talking about the buzz that it has and it's getting a lot of like a lot of people are talking about like the technical stuff and the production stuff. Um, why is the movie not being marketed more by Netflix itself? Because I've seen very little promotion or homepage or landing page stuff by Netflix. I had to search for it. Like it wasn't even in the, the top 10 or, or the trending stuff, um, which is confusing because it's such a good movie, like from a, a Netflix release perspective. It's such an incredible story aside, right? Like at least from a technical perspective, it's so, so good. Um, and at least it keeps you hooked. It's a tight movie. It's like an, an hour, 37-ish minutes. And I was confused. Like, why isn't, this, um, why isn't this being talked about more by the streaming service itself? Um, and I don't know. Well, I, I have a theory. I have a theory too. You can say yours first. <laughs> I, I suspect the theories are the same. Um, I mean, the... It has been a very controversial film since its release, particularly in France, where it's been mm. regarded uh, by some politicians as an incitement to civil war, which is in some ways the central heart of the film as well, right? Because I, I'm not sure that Netflix is ready to have a conversation about police brutality and racism that isn't like bright. I think bright is the version. <laughs> oh of, my God, I of... wasn't sure. I was like, do you mean lighting? Then I realized you're talking about the, the Will Smith elf movie. The orc movie, yes, yeah. Yes. And, and I feel oh. like that's the version of 
that's the version of Athena that they know how to market, which is kind of a, a terrible thing. But I mean, you have these movies side by side and you can see the difference in treatment that they received. Um, my theory is very much the same, um, except just to add a layer. It's a French film. I think that's the mm-hmm. other reason why they're not necessarily mm. thinking it's got mainstream value. I mean, subtitles in an action movie, what? Um, but I think the other thing is that, that this movie really complicates questions of who's the villain and who's the hero, what is terrorism, what is terrorism, what is revolution. Um, in a way, perhaps that's quite uncomfortable sometimes. And, and maybe maybe Netflix is just not ready to stand behind it. I'm just theorizing, but I think that's what it might be. No, maybe. I, I had those same thoughts, which is kind of weird, right? Because for like streaming services that have zero issues with censorship, um, having like deep conversations about anything is like, oh, no, let's remove. But again, like theory, right? Um, so I think my issue was that I shouldn't have known about all the technical magic and production magic before going into the movie, um, because then it becomes super obvious. Uh, the irony of me saying this is that if someone hasn't watched it and then they listen to this show, then they'll know about the technical stuff before watching it. But I think not knowing, I think if you're oblivious to it and then you go in watching this movie that you think is about, it is social commentary, but it's also like an action movie. Um, and then you see all the stuff they've done with the camera work, with the green screen or the non-green screen. It's much more enjoyable that way because once you see it, you cannot unsee it. And I couldn't unsee it in a bunch of scenes. I'm like, whoa, look at how the camera's moving or is this green screen? Is this practical? Are they actually there? How are they doing this? How did they shoot this? Um, and I don't know, it, it becomes like... Um, it becomes like you keep questioning yourself and trying to think about how they pulled off the scene instead of being immersed in the scene itself. So I think that was my biggest issue with the movie itself, which is not the movie's fault. Um, Otherwise, I really, really like this movie. I didn't know anything about that. I mean, um, the minute you start watching, the the opening is a real bravura sequence, Mm. right? So Mm. you, you get an idea right away what it is that the movie is trying to do. But beyond that, I, I just enjoyed what appeared to be very long takes or uh, very close-up shots of of things, of people's expressions. Uh, The story itself of Athena is very, very simple. It is the aftermath of the death of Idir, who is a 13-year-old boy. um, A video shows what appears to be an act of police brutality. And subsequently, the the neighbourhood that he grows up in, or that he grew up in, um, decided to to barricade and take up arms and demand justice. And that is led by one of his brothers, Karim. Um, And you have on the other side of things, his other brother, uh, Abdel, who is not a disenfranchised young man that Karim is. He is instead a former soldier, somebody who fought for France um, and who's trying to, to do things differently, to get to justice differently. And then there's one more brother who's Yeah, I'm ignoring him. Yeah, he okay. Not the best developed character, but I think it's just the movie is like that, right? It's a it's a film that isn't necessarily about deep diving into characters. Instead it it kind of has tropes and you're definitely supposed to look at the characters as tropes. I mean, even the name of the neighborhood they're in, Athena, uh, the goddess of war and all that. Um, it's a very parable like story. And and I don't mind it. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because this is a a broad strokes kind of film. Um, Roman Gavras, who's the director, is is really known for his music videos with uh, MIA, Kanye West and a few others. And this is what he does. I think he uses the visual form to kind of tell these stories that engage more with ideas than with characters. And that's probably the movie's strength as well as its weakness because um, the, the character of Karim is great. 
um, he and and the actor who plays him, uh, I just want to get his name right. It is Sami Slimane. Sami Slimane. He's so good. Um, similarly, the character, uh, the actor that plays uh, the elder brother Abdul uh, Dali Ben Salah, he's so good. And the interplay between the both of them, some of the best scenes in the film. Um, but I think it is definitely the visuals that are the star of this movie, right? The way the camera like pans in uh, from this huge shot of the gathering. Um, community, uh, especially the young people at the top of the barricades, and then it sort of zooms in and then you get these shots of people's faces. Um, I think that's where the thrill of this this movie really is. No, I mean, the whole thing does look like a music video, like a very long music video, the colours, the, the, uh, uh, the choice of cinematography and stuff. And I think because it's shot that way, um, you don't really mind some of the green screen stuff because it has that aesthetic, just like a music video. You know that it might be uh, on a soundstage or it, it might be green screen, but you don't mind because the whole movie is composed like that. So everything looks the same and then everything looks sort of like um, uh, in theme, right? Um, but going back to those like conversations, uh, do you guys think that this movie paints like uh, the migrant population or immigrants or immigrant communities in a bad light? Because I've seen those reviews in some places. I've had a couple of friends also tell me that like in person that they don't know if this movie does the the you know, the migrant population any favors because it has a lot to do with like xenophobia and, and police brutality and violence and, and you know, and instigation, right? Um, and they're like, this movie paints them in a very stereotypical sense. Like, you know, they, they are prone to that sort of violence and anarchy and chaos. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get that sense. I thought it was a very um, heartfelt story in a way, but I can also see where that opinion is coming from. I've had that same conversation, but not about migrants, but about religion and, um, you know, and whether mm. or not it's about pushing people to the edge and, and this idea that, well, if you keep pushing, then this is what you get. Um, I, I didn't view it that way, partly because I think the, to your point about it being heartfelt, it, it's interesting because I agree with that, but I also think it's hard for something to be truly heartfelt and sincere when the characters are tropes or when the characters are stand-ins for uh, specific types of people or uh, for specific ideas. So the to me, the only reason I didn't feel that way is because of the character of Karim. I think that it all rests on him because he is the, the character who feels um, or who appears to feel the loss of his brother most keenly. He is the only character who speaks sincerely to their mother. Um, you know, this mother who is like calling all her sons on the day that she has lost a son. And I, I think without him to anchor it down, I, I would also, I would feel differently about it because then it would become more about ideas and less about emotion. Mm, the movie actually also does a really good job of, I don't know, I felt like the movie's sympathy, the movie's viewpoint was always with the community and not from external, uh, from an external lens. So even though they may not be doing things that you agree with, um, the film does go to a fairly you know, goes to large lengths to get you to understand what's fueling this kind of behavior. Uh, largely for me, the movie ended up being about youth and anger and, and what can happen when um, people who are already being pushed to the margins, who already aren't being given a fair shake at life, um, and the kind of anger that results from that, right? And that's something that you can identify with in many levels, in many countries and many communities. Perhaps the ending also then kind of makes the, the sympathies of the movie a little bit clearer. So I get what you're saying. And perhaps if you come to the film with a certain political or 
a certain kind of bias, um, you may see it differently. I didn't think it demonized or, or created an unfair image. I, I thought, in fact, it was actually almost advocating for understanding. No, same, same. I, I think it was advocating. Um, and I think by the third act, you get that quite a lot. Right? Like it makes it very clear, like where it's standing, uh, what the movie's own personal opinion is. And then it makes it, it makes that very, very clear. Um, without spoiling anything, it's basically using violence as the ultimate villain, lah, you know, in, in times like this and in situations like this, which I thought was was clever. And it if it was done a bit sloppily, it could have looked like a cop-out. But I am so glad that it didn't look like a cop-out by the end of it. We're talking today about Athena, which is available to watch on Netflix. It's directed by Roman Gavras. Um, it stars Delhi Bensala and Sami Slimain, among others. Uh, let us know if you've watched it. It's a tough watch, but a good one. Um, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bringing fresh meaning. BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are reviewing Athena, um, a French film that has at its heart revolution in some ways, police brutality in others, marginalised people trying to find meaning. Um, and it's directed by Roman Gavras and co-written by him as well, actually. So um, we let's talk a bit more about the visuals because like we said, it's the real star. And I think what I appreciate about the film is that it's basically a locked room thing. Um, you know, the, the room is not a singular room. It is the, the neighborhood. That's ultimately what it is, but it's about, it's, it's kind of a locked room. It's also a siege war movie. It's also an urban action movie. It does a number of things. And because of that, the visuals are doing a lot of heavy lifting and making all of that real. So two things about what you just said, right? Um, first, when you hear this is a movie about migrant communities and revolution and marginalized people, um, I don't think that you would immediately think that this is also a darn good action film. And it really is, right? There's so much... Um, there's so much uh, tension and, and, and there's a sort of a tight rope that's committed to this, that this film commits to. Um, there's some action set pieces in this movie that just look amazing. Um, and that definitely has to do with the fact that so much of it is confined in this space. They are like these, basically the equivalent of low cost flats, right? This entire community lives in like a few blocks. Uh, so much of the camera work is done in these long takes in these tight spaces. Sometimes it feels crazily claustrophobic, like you cannot stand being in this space with them. At other times, there's this like painful intimacy that it also manages to create with that kind of camera work. Uh, yeah, I, I actually love the way the film looks and the way the film feels. 
Actually, if you if they push this as a complete action movie and then it had the story of all the other stuff, the deeper meaning and and the conversations and the social commentary, um, it would have worked completely fine, right? Because I think a lot of people can watch this um, without caring about any of that stuff. Like you don't have to get very intellectual about it. Uh, you don't have to think about what the movie is trying to say or who is standing in for what or, or what kind of social issues there are. At the end of the day, it's just uh, it's it's like dread. It's like watching uh, dread the movie. Oh, actually, yes. You know? the Visuals are very similar to Dread. Very similar or like The Raid. Um, all of those movies have social commentary, but they are really good action movies at the end of the day. Um, in fact, I think even if they made this into like an anthology thing, like if there were a few movies in this series about uh, different characters and, and different missions, quote unquote, it would still work. I don't want to see it because I think it would cheapen what the movie is trying to do. Um, but it would work. It would work as like an action anthology. So... The reason why I wanted to talk about the visuals is because after the film, that's what I was left with. Mm. Um, I, I thought a lot about very specific scenes involving um, involving moments that really tied it all together, whether it's the, the ending or whether it's the moment that the third act entirely hinges upon and, and where the movie switches gears entirely. Um, and... I think it is something we, we talk a lot about um, how there just isn't a lot of original content out there. And so I, I think for me that that was one of the things that really stood out, not just that not just that this is a story about this particular moment in time and an issue that people talk and think about a lot, but that it's an original story. It's it's an original story shot originally and this is the outcome. You get like these moments that if they weren't so bleak and so terrifying, you could frame and put on a wall. Yeah, and it's also an, it's also a really great example of the fact that films that have that could have mainstream appeal or use the language of mainstream cinema or music videos don't have to be flat or, or meaningless or superficial that they can actually tell important difficult stories while still using those kinds of uh, visual work and even music the music in this film is so good um, you know so emotive uh, yeah you're right you know a lot of it actually comes from that music video language of centering visual centering music but that's not a bad thing at all. It's not. Um, and like Lynn, you said you use the word bleak, right? Um, this movie is like very uncomfortable to watch. Like it is very dark. It is very heavy. right? Um, but I also think like one of my favorite or my favorite thing about the movie is how they use in a way they use anger as a as a kind of a sickness or a disease like you can see how it spreads from one person to another person to another person almost like it's contagious um and that is like scary especially when you think about it too much you're like you know you see how that rage spreads across like communities and people and and how just like one tiny thing can come you know everything collapses because of one event or, or one thing so um it's not like it's not the the best weekend watch for a saturday night or like <laughs> or like a, a bright sunny sunday after afternoon but it's it's like a hundred percent worth investing some time into especially if you have like a clean one and a half hours it's so um it's so worthwhile i yes you really yes sorry i'm just thinking about that point about needing to be in the mood because i think you do i don't think this Definitely. is a daytime movie <laughs> no i watched it at night but i'm not sure whether it's also like a weekend night movie because i'm like Oh gosh, do I want to spend my Saturday night kind of crying and being angry at the world? Depends. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm just saying know when you want to watch it. <laughs> 
I think maybe have a sitcom ready to go after you watch this. So it's like a, it's like a, you know a bit of a cleanser. So you go to bed not feeling completely terrible about what what's happening in the world. You know um, the my only real criticism of the film is that is that it could work as a silent movie. It's both good and bad um, because Ooh. honestly, so we said at the start that the French part of it might be a, a block for some people, right? You might go in thinking, well, I, I don't know if I want to watch a French film. And the thing is that the dialogue is kind of important, but not really. You could watch the whole thing without subtitles, without the ability to understand and speak French and still get who is who and who is doing what. And that speaks to the strength of the surface of the characters, the tropiness of the characters. What I wish is that the characters themselves were more complex. So, Yala, that's what it goes back to, right? The reason it, it works like a like a silent film is because they're very tropey. The characters are very particular, um, which is great in some sense. In other senses, though, then you're like, ooh, people just change when the film requires them to change. Things happen when the film requires these things to happen because that's when the story is supposed to you know, peak in this way. Um, and as a film goer, you can notice those things, right? You can, you, you kind of realise what the movie is trying to do. It's okay. It's not a failure, but I don't know, there's a version of this movie where there's a little bit more complexity, maybe there's a little bit more where the characters are not quite so easily predicted, which I think would have elevated this a little bit more. Maybe that just flips, flips like back to us. So when it's uh, when it's a serious movie, we go, okay, like serious, probably maybe Oscar contender uh, <laughs> or something. And then the moment it becomes like a bit surface level, then we go, okay, action film again. And then we switch back to like, okay, maybe like, you know, dialogue, what are they saying? And what's this about the social landscape? And then once it does something dumb, which it does, like a couple of times it does something dumb and you're like, why, why is this person doing this? Like that makes no sense or it has no logic. Oh, and, and I wonder like, how much of that is maybe just I'm missing something in the language and the subtitling, which which I will never know. Maybe because I I stopped reading the subtitles um, in a bunch of places because of of like what you guys said is it's so visually powerful that you don't really need to read what they are saying. It's just in the voice and the action, the body language. So there are chunks of the movie that I missed out dialogue wise because I just I just wasn't looking down at the subtitles. Which is uh, and it's a strange thing because I don't think I have seen another foreign language film that I would say I've done that. Uh, most of mm. the time, I'm deeply fixated on subtitles because I'm very aware that I don't understand the language. So, um, all of which to say, it's it's horses for courses. It really depends. Um, it's a good film. It has its weaknesses. Watch it. Let us know what you think. Um, we've been talking today about Athena. You can, if you've seen it and you liked it or you didn't, we want to know, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, uh, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us, of course, at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.